What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles. Today, we have a very, very exciting episode for you, highly anticipated. I'm sitting down with Flood and Depression 2020, handles are Thinking USD and Depression 2019. They are killer traders. They trade with a lot of size. If you are on Twitter, you probably know who they are. Very excited for this episode, but before we get into it, just want to take care of a couple things. The first, if you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms, this is another video interview. You get to see what Flood is looking at when he trades. I highly suggest heading over to YouTube. There's a link right at the top of the description below. It'll take you right to the video. You're not going to want to miss this video interview. And the second thing is I do want to give a couple quick shout outs to my sponsors. The first being crypto.com. These guys are fucking killing it. Uh, just past 3 million users. Huge victory. Uh, I don't know if you saw on Twitter. They've also got the CRO hashtag. They were the second one to get an emoji with the hashtag. Kind of corny, I know, but huge for adoption. A uh, couple other quick things. I've talked about the Visa MCO credit card. It's got some great benefits. You can get up to 5% cash back and an extra added bonus when you're staking on the exchange. Uh, so if you're interested in that, you can head to the description. There's going to be a link. It'll take you right to the application. You can read more about the cards. Super cool, slick metal cards. I highly suggest picking one up. Uh, two other quick things for these guys. Uh, their, their fundraising platform, the Syndicate, is doing another 50% off sale. You can get 50% off Algo on July 14th. So head on over to their website, read more about how to participate in this sale if you don't know about it yet. Uh, and then the last thing is they're running a competition through the month of July. It's the Trading API Race. Uh, and they are going to be giving away a million plus dollars. Uh, first thousand people to join get a thousand dollars. And then the people who do the highest volume also have some cash and prizes. I think it's 10K, 5K, and 1K for the first one to 100 users. So if that at all interests you, head on over. I'll have a link to that blog post. You can read more about it. Uh, and then the second sponsor is CoinFlip. These guys are actually the largest crypto ATM company by volume and the third largest by number of machines. Uh, if you're interested in picking up some Bitcoin at an ATM, you want to show your friends while you're out, you can head on over to their website. There's a link in the description below. Take you there. It'll show you the closest lo machine to you or the location that houses the machine. And then the other thing I did want to talk about was their OTC platform or their OTC desk launched about a month and a half ago has gone over really well. They've got some of the lowest fees in the OTC market. And on top of that, one of the lowest minimums as well. It's only a $5,000 minimum. So if you're interested in exploring a new OTC desk, I'd head over to their website. You can read more about it. There's going to be links in the description for all of that. Uh, now, I'm sorry, that was a bit long. These guys do have a lot to talk about. Always new updates. Uh, but now let's get into this episode with Flood and Depression.
So I'm here. I'm sitting down with Flood and Depression. I think it's 2020 now is your actual name. Uh, handles Depression 19, I think. Huge episode. I've been looking forward to this since we first kind of got it ready and scheduled and on the books. Uh, before we get into kind of the thick of this episode, can you just introduce yourself so that my guests who maybe don't know who you are, if they're living under a rock, uh, can kind of learn a little bit more about you guys? Hey, what's up, guys? So I guess my, my Twitter is Depression2019. Um, I sort of just kind of started getting into the Twitter stuff, but I've been around with Bitcoin, was a big Ethereum maximalist in 2017. So kind of been around the scene for a, a couple years. But uh, yeah, I met Flood a couple years ago, so kind of just been in touch with him. I'm super hyped to get on my first like podcast, I guess. It's going to be fun. Uh, I know when I talked to Flood about this, he said we're drinking, we're just having a good time, which is the way I love to yeah, do we, episodes. Okay. So I, <laughs> I hope you guys have something to drink and we can get loose and just have some fun with this. Yeah, no, we're we're definitely super excited. So uh, for those of you that maybe don't know me, um, which would be shocking. A, yeah, I have a semi-popular Twitter account where I talk a lot of shit and uh, post really big positions because everyone else is scared too. So that's, uh, that's kind of my MO, I guess. Um, but yeah, I'm thinking USD on Twitter. I usually go by Flood. Kind of a nickname that uh, you know, my friends have given me over the years for, for you know, a couple of reasons. And then uh, thinking USD was just kind of a, uh, I don't know, just you know, thinking about money, I guess, in like the lamest way possible. It was just the first thing that came to mind when I made my Twitter. And I just thought it was super funny. So it, it kind of stuck. There we go. Yeah. So just circling back on it for the people who maybe don't know your Twitter, you said, you you know, you flex some big, big positions. We're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, I, at least that's what I've seen. You know, I think like I've seen 300,000 more often than not. Uh, I'm sure there have been bigger and smaller that's, positions. Yeah. That, that's just the, that's just the profit and loss on the trades. Like the notional sizes you know, anywhere from, and depending on liquidity, of course, but anywhere from, you know, a couple mil to tens of millions spread out over a couple accounts on BitMEX. So yeah. it's, uh, you know, it really depends on the type of the trade and, you know, just market conditions in general. But yeah, the P&Ls is what I post. I don't want to be too visible with uh, with what I do and why I do it. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, that's that's probably where most people know me from is, is posting pretty outrageous positions <laughs> relative to most other people. But also, I try and provide some, you know, insight and analysis and trying to give a little method behind the madness, I guess, because, you know, it's a crazy, crazy market. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's, it's just funny, you know, you, you talk about 300,000 P&L. That's, that's more than some people, you know, the cost of their house. That's uh, more than people make 10 years of work. Uh, and it, it's pretty crazy just to see it thrown around so casually. Uh, one of the things I did want to ask you about was, you know, a lot of people kind of think of you as this arrogant, pompous guy. I've listened to a couple other podcasts that you've been on. Uh, mm -hmm. You're a very laid back dude, already talking to you for maybe five minutes. Uh, I can already tell that you're a very relaxed, kind of mellow guy. Uh, so is there any reason that you're kind of flexing these big positions on Twitter? Because uh, I know a lot of people, they teach, they talk about their trading methodologies, but they actually keep their size hidden. Is there right. any reason you decided to kind of come out and be like, yes, this is how much I'm trading? Yeah, I mean... 
Um, you know, in terms of like the reason why uh, I post positions is just to so just to show that I have skin in the game. I mean, you see so many people in the crypto space who are really just there to take advantage of the you know noobs in the space and the and the fresh people who you know came in with a couple hundred dollars, maybe a couple thousand, you know, a gift from their parents or something, and they just get you know scalped by these people who are complete fraudsters. And um, for me, I, I just saw, you know, posting uh, real trades, real wins, real losses that are all, you know, verified on BitMEX, which is easily provable, um, gives you more credibility and gives you a little more weight behind, you know, your works, I guess. 100%. Uh, but it also does attract the opposite side of that coin or kind of the negative side of it. Uh, I see a lot of people in your comments just chatting shit constantly. <laughs> Even on the post where I posted, I was just like, hey, I'm having flood on. We're going to have a conversation. Do you have any questions for him? Or I think you posted something about the birthday. Um, I don't know whose birthday it is, but happy birthday to you. Um, And we had someone in there like talking, oh, you're still waiting for, you know, 7,400. Where's that short that you were talking about? Like, how do do you deal with kind of the nonstop negativity? Because I've been on a pretty big positive kick or positivity kick lately. Uh, I, feel like I, can, I feel like I can chip into that one too. Please. I feel like I feel like when you're trying to I feel like when you're trying to post on the internet, you don't necessarily have to be like the same person that you are in real life, and you're kind of not going to really get a good following going unless you like stick to your convictions. And you kind of have to be a little bit of a douche about it. So when you're saying something like twenty, like seventy one hundred, and you're just trying to stick by it and say like this is the short I'm taking, and no matter like how much shit posting people do back at you. You just kind of stand by that. I think that could kind of say something about you. But uh, I mean, it's the internet, so people are always going to talk shit. So Yeah, I mean, you know, it, Twitter always started out as something fun for me. And the way that I kind of had fun was like poking fun at other people. So naturally, I'm going to get some heat back whenever I'm wrong. But being wrong is like not only part of life, but especially a big part of trading. And a big reason why people fail is they're not able to admit they're wrong. If we never go to 7,100... I'll take a a massive L on Twitter and I'll fully accept that. You know, if we go past 11,500 or something, I'll just close my position, maybe cry myself to sleep for a couple (laughs) of nights and then, uh, you know, and then move on from there. But that's, you got to risk money and you got to play the game to win. I mean, you can't sit on the sidelines or, you know, expect someone to do it for you. And a lot of what I've noticed on Twitter, especially like people who, kind of hate and I never thought haters were a real thing until uh you know I I I guess I made like a slightly uh large social media account I never thought they really existed but uh a lot of people lost money trading over the years and they've stuck around and they are the vocal minority that you see that's always super negative on their posts and is always really you know upset because they're broke and you know their voice has remained but their money was lost you know in 2018 or 2019 so that's that's what i think a lot of uh a lot of the detractors are there we go yeah i mean i feel like anyone who stuck around they're either really killing it or they're just true despair and so they come on twitter to vent because there's just so much bitcoin doesn't go to 7100 i think flood can still laugh to the bank with his 100k that he made from funding alone yeah yeah see that's the thing you can look at your your position size you can look at your PL. you can look at how much money you've made over the past couple years and laugh it off i think everyone on twitter thinks that these great traders have 
100% strike rate. And it's just right. not true. Uh, but for you to be out there showing that, hey, I am sticking to this, I have conviction, uh, and to own up to it if it doesn't actually work out, I think that says something about you. Uh, it might be one of the reasons that you have you know, attained this large, large following. Um, there's some stuff I want to talk about with regards to these big wins and losses. Um, I'm sure both of you have dealt with this, but before we do, um, I kind of just want to know a little bit more about how your kind of trading strategy and system has evolved over the last couple years. Uh, because I think a lot of people, they've been trying to find this edge. We've seen the kind of great traders separate themselves from the pack a little bit more over the last three or so years. And then there's the people who have just kind of held, stuck around, not really done much. So can we maybe get into that a little bit and how from maybe 2017 to now things have changed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, just in general, the types of indicators and the types of data points that I look at and really provide, you know, what I would call my alpha, uh, which just means, you know, your edge over the market in, in fancy <laughs> finance terms, which, which Everyone loves that term. You know, you hear yeah, free alpha 50 times a day on Twitter. It's so funny that, you know, people, people find out what something means like, you know, a perpetual swap or, you know, a derivative and it's really cool sounding. They sound really smart using it. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's really funny to see, you know, these people that, that really don't know what they're talking about on Twitter. But I mean, um, back to the, back to your question. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everyone's strategy should evolve and should, you know, morph depending on market conditions. Like when we're, during periods of really low volatility, I have different, you know, trading suites that I'll look at because they have a better edge. They provide more clear and concise signals versus when we're in a hyper volatile environment. Right. So a, a lot of what I've been looking at recently, I mean, I'm a directional trader. I'm a discretionary trader. Um, I think most people know that I don't really do, you know, a lot of arbitrage. I don't really do a lot of, um, modeling or anything and what's i guess changed from 2017 has just been kind of the fluff the you know clues that you're using to formulate why you're taking a trade but what's remained consistent is the conviction like in 2017 through 2018 i was such a permable i was the biggest i was the biggest bull on twitter i think and it may have cost me some money but it definitely made me a lot more than me trying to time every single market, you know, movement to the dot, which will just not only drive you crazy, but can also lead to really, really tilting downswings. Um, just if you're, if you constantly feel like you're getting bottom tick, you know, if you constantly feel like you're missing trades because everyone has to sleep and the market's 24 hours and having that conviction when you're in a good position, funding is with you, not being afraid to, you know, stay in that trade, even though, um, it may look a little bullish, right? Obviously people know I'm short right now, but yeah, I feel you know, like, I feel like, yeah. you, I feel like you definitely by far made the most money, just buying the dips and mm -hmm. just riding those longs up with conviction and low enough leverage to when like your trade is invalid, is not invalidated, but goes below your entry for a little bit that you just can stick with it to the point where it'll pop back up above mm -hmm. and just riding that all the way up until you feel like you've, you've kind of 
hit your goal or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, buy dips, sell rips is, has been, you know, the most consistent way to make money on Bitcoin. It hasn't really historically been shorting. It's been these crazy rallies that we have. I mean, you, you were part of the Ethereum rally and, in 2017 depression, you know, so you really, you, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> I was, I was going to ask depression. Do you guys, do you guys have very similar trading strategies? Do you guys swap strategies? Uh, is would, yours very similar no. to floods? No. no flood actually get, flood gets pretty pissed at me because for, <laughs> me, for me at this point, I, I really don't even really care. I mean, I'll, I'll like hit some big licks here and there, but I feel like it for me when I'm trading, it's all about like being being right, and I'll care more about being right, which can kind of stab me in the ass. <laughs> Twitter's getting to you, man. You got to be right for the followers. Like I was, I was shit posting about these these spy put these spy puts for so long, bro, and I got crushed on a few. But then I just got a, I got I can get a little carried away. I feel like I, I definitely think Flood's a lot stronger of a trader than me. But I think I think one thing that I might be a little better than him is is seeing something a little early, but. Mm -hmm. I don't always have like the best strategy. Like with my with my ETH trade, I was I was a little bit young and I and I sort of how did I get into ETH? Did I do? I, oh, I think I like had I was I was a little bit younger and I was I was messing around on Robinhood and I'd always bought Bitcoin to like play online poker and stuff. And I saw ETH at like five bucks, I think. And I kind of just had lost a couple hundred bucks on Robinhood. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try this like Bitcoin thing. And I basically all in ETH at like five bucks. And for me as like a, a like a younger guy and it's like early twenties, just to like ride that up to like forty, a hundred was just unreal. But I think that that's definitely my strongest point, just finding good entries. But I definitely think I struggle with like finding good exits. So with that ETH run, because I, I, I got in I think at eight and twelve dollars were like my first couple buys and I had no idea what I was doing. And I watched that thing run to fourteen hundred. I sold <laughs> I think I sold some at 300 or right below 300 yeah, and I was like, i'm the best yeah. fucking trader ever but i held on to a lot of it and then i watched <laughs> you go to a thousand and then 1400 and then come crashing back down uh so what was your kind of how did that all go for you when did you kind of start to sell off did you sell all of it what what happened there yeah that was a, that was a crazy year man it's insane i think i, I, I might have been in my later years of school so i kind of i'd hop into eth at like five around five to ten bucks same as you maybe I wrote it up to 42 um, and I sold a good, I sold a good chunk at 42, but then I hopped back in at like a hundred. But I think during this point I like did, I like was sending my Bitcoin to either some like gambling website that was, <laughs> and I was all on Coinbase by the way, it was all on Coinbase and GDAX. And I sent my Bitcoin to some gambling website without using uh, like Electrum or any like bounce, like private wallet. And they got my, all my ETH fully like shut down for like three weeks. And then from there, I had to transfer all my ETH to, I think Kraken was where I transferred it to. Yeah, and that's, trading, yeah. that's where I kind of figured out like leverage trading and kind of figured out how I could just, I could, I could make better positions using leverage basically. And uh, that's when I really started trading. Because when I had all my ETH in Coinbase, I wasn't really moving it around a lot. I kind of just wrote it up. Yeah, you just kind of watched your account grow. Didn't do too much yeah, buying and selling. Those fees yeah. were ridiculous on Coinbase too. Yeah, yeah, GDAX had some had some fucked up shit. I mean, I remember sitting and I was in I was going so crazy because I would just skip I would just skip class to just watch the buy and sell chart all day for them fighting. And I, I really could just watch it like a movie all day. I mean, I still can when the when the sellers are trying to eat up the walls and I just thought it was so fascinating. And then I remember sitting there that one day in twenty in twenty seventeen when the guy 
flash crash GDAX to 21 cents. I think to, <laughs> to two cents. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and I just I, that that was crazy too. But uh, I, I basically sold some along the way. I sold some at 42, and I got really my friend really convinced me to get back in at 100. Wrote it up, but I I was out a little bit before 1200. I mean that was just too insane. I think I sold a good amount by like 600, and then kind of just kind of just stayed in Bitcoin uh, after that because I felt like a lot of the developments on the Ethereum network never really came to be what I wanted to them to be, and what like all the people in the beginning thought the the most ideal situation for Ethereum would play to be. I, I never felt like it lived up to that, so I was kind of over it. It's a lot of hype and it has come crashing back down and is sitting at what, yeah. like 250 yeah. right now uh, from its all time I mean, high of 1400. Yeah, I mean, imagine telling someone when ETH is trading at, you know, 1000 plus that, you know, two years from now we'd be trading sub 100. I mean, that's so insane to think about, but that's just a product of, you know, a lot of hype, a lot of marketing, a lot of, you know, the IPO or the ICO craze, excuse me you know, kind of really just driving a lot of the volume and volatility. And, you know, that's just great for traders. And it was just this incredible bull market to seeing like this low volatility chop with astronomically low prices compared to 2017. And that's when you look back and you think, you know, that was such a clear bubble when (laughs) strippers and soccer moms and like my Uber drivers are showing me like these altcoins. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? I remember I ordered a pizza in uh, in like early 2018, and this guy was like, "Hey man, like, uh, you know, I don't know if you have a second to talk or anything." And I was like, "Oh yeah, sure." I mean, you know, I was giving him getting it out of my wallet. He's like, "Yeah, you know, you should really download this app called uh, Coinbase." Oh and, my god! You know, my code, you get like five dollars worth of this coin, or yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was it was so it was so cringe, bro, because some people thought. A couple of people heard that I was like doing the big one thing. I would get like 10 texts a day, man. Mm, yeah. Anyway, that, that leads me to, I guess, I guess I met Flood in maybe earlier of like 2018, maybe summer, mm. but we were playing, we were playing a private poker game and I saw him like across the room and the guy was literally wearing a, a BitMEX 100X or gold. <laughs> it, was, it was the BitMEX 100X or GTFO shirt. By Nomad, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this guy is such a poser. Like... <laughs> What is what is he doing? And so did you just go and approach him and be like, "Hey, what's up? Nice shirt." Or how did that go? It was it was a pretty casual like home game with some buddies. Um, I guess he was like in town or something. Uh, and yeah, I basically said, "Oh, like, what do you what do you know about Bitcoin?" And I, I probably came off a little cocky because I felt like I kind of knew all that since I was big in ETH. And uh, I was like, I did I, I was never really big on Twitter ETH, but I, I was on uh, Reddit ETH Trader a lot in the early days. It's kind of what everyone talked on when it was popping off. But yeah, so I went up to him. I was like, "Oh, what do you know about like Bitcoin?" And he kind of started talking about like derivative tr- uh, perpetual swaps on Bitmax, which I hadn't really heard too much about since I was strictly trading on like Kraken. And mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. So yeah, I was pretty interested. And then he ended up showing me like his Twitter, and I was like, "Oh shit, this guy's like really legit." This guy's hot shit. <laughs> yeah. And there funny. wasn't really a lot of people that random people like that that are actually solid trading solid size on on circle so it was interesting that we kind of found each other and yeah ever since then i would just text him all the time and say what's up talking pro movement which is cool yeah and then we just we just kind of ends as well and then you know from then on we did some business together and you know we've we've been pretty profitable outside of crypto 
Um, and it's been, it's just been awesome. I mean, it's really nice having, you know, friends that have similar interests and stuff. And then I try to get him to be more on Twitter. And then everyone used to think he was like me on like shit posting on another account. Yeah, or I think something. people still think. And then I, then I try to shell sh like flood my, my <laughs> shit coins. Like I was shilling, two days ago, I, I was shilling him all day doge, dude. I was like, <laughs> yo, shut the fuck up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, dude. And then two days later, we go 100. percent Yeah, he was he was right about that one. The the spy puts have uh have tainted the the investment advice a little bit. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, he was he was definitely right about Doge. I mean, you saw it on what? Uh, yeah. So I my my little brother is uh it is all on the TikTok stuff. Dude, this TikTok nonsense is blowing my fucking mind. Yeah. So he, he literally he literally called me up and he asked me, he's like dude, what is, what is Dogecoin? Like, what, where can I buy something? And like, as soon as he told me that, I sort of, I sort of downloaded the app and looked at it and it was pretty much all over the thing. And then I talked to one of my friends who was, who was big in influencer marketing and he's telling me all about this TikTok algo and how you can really post something. And if it starts getting enough traction and comments and shares, it'll blow up. And man, some of these Dogecoin posts had like millions of views, but the price hadn't moved yet. We've gone up like 10%. And there was like no volume. Yeah. And so, so we threw a little into Doge a couple of days ago, and, and, it, and it definitely worked out. I yeah. saw on Twitter, I saw on Twitter, rookie XBT threw in like sixty k, and just and just made bank, which was a pretty savage move. So right, some people have been killing it on Doge. Uh, I was actually going to ask you about this flood. Uh, do you? Because you said you got into Doge here. Do you normally venture into these shit coins? I feel like when you're trading such size, it's you really got to oh, scale down if you're going to try to get into a position with any of these alts. So is this a common occurrence for you? Uh, absolutely not. So I actually, it was uh, my birthday this week. I'm not going to say exactly what day, but um, you know, sometime between here and July 4th, uh, we had a couple of people over at the house and I was obviously very intoxicated. Um, so I actually didn't end up buying any Doge. It was all depression trying to convince me while I'm just absolutely blitzed <laughs> on my birthday basically <laughs> telling me that like all in this you random need to buy doge and he's like dude listen to me you need to buy doge. I'm like, the kids on tiktok the 14 year olds are buying you need to buy now <laughs> like they're going all in and you know he was right and that's a rare that's a rare opportunity where it's a very quick trade it's a very you know kind of high risk which that, it just it yeah. just it just brought me back a little bit to 2017 i was gonna really, say i'm getting very yeah. big 2017 vibes lately with the uh with all I'm the DeFi to, stuff to, going on with people pumping shit coins on social media are you guys getting that feeling at all as well yeah yeah i mean that's that's how bull run start is just a, a new generation of you know younger people who who are bored, you know, especially with quarantine, you know, and sports being not a thing, you've, you've seen trading volume increase and you've seen volatility kind of I mean, you look nuts. at David yeah. Daystrader pulling out, pulling out Scrabble, pulling out Scrabble pieces from a bag and buying that's million screams top to me. Yeah, that's screams top. Yeah. 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 I mean, a company like Nikola with not a single car in production being worth $20 billion. I yeah. mean, it's all top. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a mega like NASDAQ bear right now. So I was actually talking to Flood about this. Do you trade more traditional markets? Are you starting to get back into crypto markets? Where Where are you at right now? So at this point, I feel like I don't really have the best edge on the crypto markets just because we've been really choppy and I don't feel like there's a real up or down direction. So obviously I'm still holding my crypto bag, but 
I just feel like it's kind of minus EV to be trading crypto right now, or at least for the last couple of months. I know we've had an uptick in volume in the past couple of weeks, but I don't know. I mean, Fletcher has been holding it short, which has been really profitable for him just because of the funding rates. So I didn't really feel like there's a big edge for me personally in that type of market. And I feel like I really thrive when there's a strong upward or downward direction. I kind of ride it. And then the high volatility moments when there's a lot of liquidations going on on BitMEX. Um, but I felt like with stocks right now, with all the people with their stimulus checks, I mean, everything's going absolutely haywire. So I feel like if you pick and choose the right spots, you can really, you can really do a little bit of a good trade. So I'm not the best equities traders, but I have been dabbling a little bit in it more so than crypto. I've kind of been taking a backseat, but uh, I also have, a, a, you know, some other work that I've been doing, but uh, yeah, definitely been more interested in the equities market right now. I've been trying to convince Fled to work on it a little bit, but <laughs> I think he's, he's a little more with crypto still. Yeah. So what, yeah. what's, what's your reasoning for just sticking with crypto? Is it just something, you know, something you've come to know works out for you? You don't want to make that switch or. Um, I mean, I've talked about. it is to really just talk and have a solid group of people that you know you can kind of bounce ideas off of um depression i go more towards for for legacy takes and stuff but i have a really solid group of people online um in a you know very tight-knit community where we all know each other and you know everyone trades pretty decent size everyone has skin in the game and uh i just wouldn't have that same um, you know, surroundings, I wouldn't have the same connections, I wouldn't have the same kind of feeling of, of just inclusiveness and, and constantly being surrounded by motivated people who are very successful and have really interesting market takes. And I wouldn't have the same thing. Uh, I don't, I don't think really anywhere um, other than crypto right now. So that's been my bread and butter. I mean, I feel like I will continue trading crypto until it ceases to be profitable for me that's probably the point or where, you know, I reach a certain point or period in my life where I want a little less, you know, craziness, a little less life volatility as well. And I mean, but if you're, yeah. if you're trading crypto because it's a 27, 24, seven market, you really have to be dialed in mm -hmm. 24, seven hours of the day. Like whether it's an alarm when you're sleeping, when a certain price hits here, obviously it's good to have a plan with set buys and stop losses, but you really have to be watching the market at all times when you're awake. Mm -hmm. So that's something that'll just suck you in. And you can't really step away from it for too long because no. when you come back, the market conditions could be completely different than right. what they were at the beginning. I feel like it drives so many people crazy. And that's why I see some people kind of making the move eventually to traditional markets. I've seen that's kind of people's end goal is, you know, want to make as much money here as possible and then kind of relax a little bit more, trade it, you know, five days a week daytime versus you know 24 7 you're getting up at four in the morning for some price alert um so i totally get it you were talking about these kind of uh big dicks who all trade with size this community that you've kind of gotten in uh kind of gotten in with uh, are a lot of these guys on twitter are these people that we know or are they yeah names i mean you're willing to share yeah of course i mean it, it's you know surprisingly uh there are people who, you know, I had either met through other avenues of life and kind of all brought together and also through Twitter. I mean, just kind of circling back to, you know, a social media platform. I never really saw the value in it when I first started it, but it's provided me like so many great connections in the crypto space without having to travel and go to 
events and people take you seriously because you show that, you know, you know what you're doing. You show that you have skin in the game and, um, you know, bringing all those people together. I mean, I started uh, the crypto cartel in 2017 with a bunch of uh, smaller traders who have mostly moved on, um, you know, either to legacy or to, you know, working in investment banking or, or just kind of dropped off the face of the earth. Cause and, they got liquidated. Yeah. Cause they got liquidated. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it, it's really turned into, you know, a smaller group of 50 or so people. And so a lot of them are on Twitter. I mean, uh, you know, there are people like mastermind cam and, uh, Trajan and, you know, Aurelius and like all these, basically pretty much anyone I follow on Twitter is, a very reliable source and someone I would consider to be, you know, a pretty sharp, intelligent guy and surrounding yourself, you know, with people who are dialed in with people who are constantly providing like fresh takes, fresh ideas, and don't always necessarily agree with you will give you that balanced perspective. So you don't get locked into, you know, a really shitty trade that's going to decimate your bankroll. And, um, oh yeah, I mean my, but the, the small, you know, tight knit group is, is, uh, Chimp Zoo, I talk to him a lot. Um, Liquidation Capital, he doesn't have a Twitter, unfortunately. And then uh, also just learning from people on Twitter, you know, the ins and the outs, like Angelo, Nomad, Kobe. kind of Yeah, the OGs, the people who, you know, had a, a much larger bankroll than I had in, you know, 2015, 2016, kind of seeing what they were doing and seeing how they were absolutely crushing it. And you know, learning and adopting some of those strategies from them, and and that's what I hope maybe people can take away from my Twitter, and especially from any content or anything that I'll put out there in the future. Is um, this is what helped me and take you know and took my trading to the next level, and uh, you know it's doable. It, crypto is still beatable. Crypto is still a market where you know it's if you're a sharp guy who has you know good risk management, you'll most likely be able to kind of squeeze out a profit. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be fun, but um, by no means is it, you know, is the market dead? Like so many people have claimed, you know, after we go from 9,000 to 3,000, it's like, if you yeah, we have to, that, we have to yeah. remember that in, in the past year, we literally just went from, was that in 2020? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was March 13th. Yeah. yeah that was yeah. not long ago. Yeah. yeah that it was, it yeah. kind of feels like a long time. It does. The past past couple of weeks we literally just been chopping a 9k but yeah literally in the past year you had the opportunity to buy you didn't have a, a long opportunity but you had the opportunity to buy at 3900 btc which literally is a 300 percent return it's yeah. it's insane we went from 10k to 3k back to 10k in mm-hmm. you know the span of three months and that's kind of unheard of anywhere else yeah. uh so I mean, market's definitely not dead for anyone who thinks it is I do want to dive a little bit deeper on because you, you talked about, you know, you're posting this stuff. You've learned a lot from some of the OGs who have big bankrolls. You yourself have a very big bankroll. Uh, I know a <laughs> lot of people on Twitter don't. And right. so how how can they apply the strategies that you kind of talk about? Because I'm sure your strategies differ from somebody who's thrown around one Bitcoin or even less than that, you know, a thousand dollars. Uh, you guys' strategies are probably varying a lot. Uh, so can you maybe get into like, you know, what has changed and kind of a strategy for the big boys and kind of stuff that you use uh, to trade with size? And then can you maybe talk about some strategies for those guys who have a much smaller bankroll? Of course. I mean, and, and you know, I think that question um, is a bit 
easier to answer than, than you might imagine because what I look for in a trading strategy or a trading suite or whatever I've identified as like, this is what I'm attempting to do. This is the, these are the trades that I'm going to execute. I am worried about liquidity first and foremost for the majority of my trades, especially during high volatility moments. I've seen guys get, you know, slipped to 2.5% on, you know, even BitMEX, which is a very liquid exchange. Um, I'm not, I, I haven't really traded Binance futures. Um, I haven't really traded on FTX either, but you know, even Bybit, like there are a lot of times where you can, you know, you can get stuck or you can get really shafted by just super high volatility um, moments and periods in time. But I would say that, you know, my trading strategy, given that I'm just looking for actionable signals, given that I'm just looking for places where I can really just get great risk reward on a, a pretty fairly obvious, what I would consider like an obvious trade, you know, like buying 5,600, you didn't catch the exact bottom. I'm talking about in March, right? Buying 5,600 spot, or even just having spots set aside for when we have these crazy volatility moments, that's a completely separate strategy. But these strategies that I'm talking about are, they can be replicated with any bankroll size. They're just not often as scalable as, um, as you would like, right? So what I would say to a trader who's, you know, trading with one Bitcoin as opposed to a, a trader who's trading with, you know, close to a thousand, their strategies may be slightly different, but it'll be actually a lot easier for a trader trading smaller notional size to execute his trades because he's not worried about liquidity. He has a bit more flexibility and he can put his stops, um, you know, in pretty much whatever spot he wants, as long as those are the risk, that's the risk reward that he wants because he's not going to slip a percent and a half, right? I mean, if you sold, you know, 20 million worth of swaps right now, you would easily slip 1.5% on BitMEX, right? And it would, it would get mean reverted right back up most likely. But, um, you know, if someone's trading 20,000, they can just, you know, limit in, limit it out, limit in and limit out, not pay fees with relatively no issues. Right. Yeah. So, brought another beer, by the way. So cheers. I don't cheers. know if you're. Drinking, but. <laughs> yeah. And on, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite as flood. I think if, if you're a trader with one Bitcoin, you probably should be going on BitMEX and clicking the 50 or 100x leverage. Yo, you cannot be saying this shit. I mean, literally, who gives a fuck if you have 10K oh or if you can hit Yo, 10, 10K is so much money to so many people on crypto Twitter. You have to realize this. Depression's, uh, depression's a baller in, in other avenues of life, so... He's, you know, he's got 10k to throw around. Everyone else is like, "Fuck, I, I I don't even have a full Bitcoin to my name." Get your Trump bucks and put them <laughs> all on my ref link on Bitmax <laughs> and hit the 50x button. I guarantee. Or buy Doge or buy Doge because Doge is going to a dollar. I would say. Oh, I love it. I love this terrible financial <laughs> advice. And tell your parents to give you all the money that they can and buy as much doge as you possibly can don't even ask your parents just take it from their purse kids yeah i think uh i think you know these crypto exchanges uh i think i believe they accept credit card so they do <laughs> they make it very easy to buy crypto uh, <laughs> just have their own doge that they're just selling or when i buy doge on Robinhood, am i literally buying 
Like, where does it I actually don't know. That's a that's a good question. You know, Charles. I oh, uh, I was I was looking into it a little bit. I think they have. I I saw somebody say, "Oh, we ran into like a sell side liquidity crisis. Uh, they've stopped." Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite new phrase, dude. <laughs> these new fucking phrases that get thrown around for people to think they sound super smart. Uh, it's ridiculous to me, but no, I think what someone was saying is that they, that Robin hood has stopped selling doge because they've run out. Um, uh, okay. you can trade doge with 101 X leverage on FTX. It, that's it's actually unbelievable. It's criminal. It's that should be illegal. It's criminal. <laughs> like this, this entire industry is criminal. I don't know how you guys have stuck around for this long. I'm just here for the ride. I'm not even doing much trading anymore. I'm just having a good time. Uh, so I don't know how you guys have stuck around for this long. And we're not really having fun. No, no. you guys aren't. I am. I'm, I'm having a blast. I don't know if you've seen my Twitter recently, but I'm having way too much fun. You guys oh, have yeah. a day job. Day trading is, is a full-blown job here. Um, but no, seriously, wh what about you Like with regards to kind of upping the size over time? Have Has there been anything that's like been major that's jumped out at you that's like, holy fuck, this is like, this is how you take it to the next level. It's just dedicating yourself. I mean, the times where I trade the best are, you know, staring at a chart, thinking about being really consumed by the crypto market. And the times where I'm punting it off is when I'm on, you know, multi-day benders or, you know, traveling, not sleeping well, not eating well, not exercising. And, um, I mean, taking it to the next level, the only person holding yourself accountable for trading and the only person who can, you know, make the trades, take profit, stop it out, you know, not get liquidated, not gamble it all away is yourself. I mean, you have complete control over trading and trading is not a profession that's easy. It's not a profession where you get rewarded for showing up to work. You can show up to work and lose, you know, 10% of your net worth if, if things really go wrong, right? And that's just not for everyone. Yeah, Charles, you have to be, I think in 2019, Flood calls me up and he's like, yeah, bro, I'm going to, I'm going to head out for like a couple months. And I was like, kind of like, oh, like, what, what does that mean? And he literally just got a hotel room and just sat in the hotel room. And I'm pretty sure he traded like 14 hours a day just for 13 months and didn't really see, like, I don't think you really saw that many people. No, no. And you I just have to be a savage like that. Like I just read that book, uh, Flash Crash about mm -hmm. Navadir, uh, Navadir Sorrow, I think his name was, yeah. who was the... British trader who was trading ES, ES minis and was able, and he was trading ES minis out of his parents' bedroom. He literally just didn't care about the money whatsoever. And he treated it like, like the biggest game he's ever played in his life. And he dedicated every hour to every day of, of working on the ES minis and discovered the most amazing trading strategy. I actually highly recommend the book. It's called Flash Crash. Mm -hmm. I forget who the author is. I think it was like something. Bond. It's Liam Bond. Yeah. Liam yeah. Bond. Super sick book about Navadir Sorrow. So he got in trouble for kind of manipulating the U.S. equities market. He was trading uh, CME minis, and he was sort of using spoofing to dump the market really hard while he, at the same time he was shorting. And I mean, it just it, it really inspired me. But uh, yeah, you kind of have to look at it like that. You have to uh, you have illegal to get activities it. inspiring you. I love it. <laughs> well, with the thing is with Bitcoin, there's not really any such thing as illegal activity. Yeah, there's no better trading. in terms of trading. Yeah, you know, do you guys see that changing at any point? What are your thoughts on that? Is that when you get out of this market and say, "All right, time for the big boy no, markets"? Or, well, I mean, you're already seeing with like CME and you know regulated exchanges having you know 
a bit more accountability and yeah. obviously KYC is going to be the biggest thing for quote, you know, market man- manipulators, yeah, right? There's USDT, so. Yeah, I mean, so, and, and there's always going to be ways around that and there's always going to be liquid markets that are going to be completely unregulated and it just really comes down to your counterparty risk, right? But for, you know, for, do I ever see crypto not being the wild, wild west? I mean, the only feasible way that I see that happening is if, uh, regulated exchanges start dominating in volume, which could happen. I mean, because people that would honestly be a bullish case for Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, because it would, that would yeah. just maybe want to just hold more. Might make make trading a bit harder. Uh, that was one of the thing I wanted to ask about because you know this is your entire life. As this market has become a little bit more mature and new financial instruments have been implemented, uh, has it become harder to trade profitably? Or have these financial instruments kind of helped you out in a way? And have you found new avenues to make money? Uh, yeah, it's 100% become harder to be profitable because the market is just inherently more efficient now. I mean, in the past, uh, getting in and out of an altcoin took, you know, weeks. And now there are firms that will, you know, help you execute your trade, right, off the books or, you know, will help you VWAP it over a very long period of time. I mean, it's no secret that, you know, one of my biggest L's in crypto is probably Leo. Um, <laughs> getting, oh man, I almost forgot about that. Oh yeah, that was, I got, I got a lot of flack from that. I mean, it's, it's around where my initial entry was and I still believe in Bitfinex. Um, shout out to them and everything that they're doing. One of the best places to trade and just one of the most liquid, transparent spot markets possible. And of course, Tether. Um, but in, in terms of, you know, has it become a lot more difficult to trade profitably? Yes. And has it become a lot more diff- difficult to um, execute simple trading strategies and provide the same returns from 2014, 2015, 2016? It's not even comparable. The market is so different now compared to where people would just, you know, post some shitty chart on Twitter and then the coin would just rally 60%. And it would be a total basic. Yeah, what was it? Yeah. Remember McAfee's, uh, coin McAfee's coin of the yeah. day. Coin of the day, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. The, those times are long gone and the market is a lot more no, efficient. Not, not really no, real. yeah, it's, they're coming back. I, I see 2020 just being a absolute pump fest. We've already seen it with a lot of these DeFi oh, yeah. coins. Uh, and I think we're going to have another one of those just fucking insane runs where shit's going wild. Could be wrong there, but uh, it sounded like depression was kind of thinking the same thing. Yeah, he's he's pretty bullish on alts in general, I think. Yeah, uh, but they're about to fucking stop me out here, aren't they? <laughs> so, think, really, really quick, I've been I've been looking at the screen the entire time, trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. You know, there's right. a lot of colors, a lot of lines. Right. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of traders don't like to talk about every single indicator they use and everything that they're looking at, but can you give us a little bit of insight into what the hell you're looking at here? This looks like a Picasso painting. <laughs> right. I mean, so what we're looking at here, this is a, a trading suite um, developed by a friend of mine in Silico. Um, it's, it's a team of two coders and they, they've done a lot of work for me and, you know, we've been kind of like business partners for a while. So this is his trading suite called Crayons. It's a very similar trading suite to, I don't know if you've ever heard of Spider Crusher Market Research or SCMR. It was really, really popular in 2016, 2017. Um, I probably used that um, for 
to to identify the majority of my trades. But uh, I mean, what this means, I mean, the Bs are are sell signals, and this is a very low time frame chart. So the Bs, the orange Bs are um, sell signals, and the the blue Bs are buy signals. I, I'm a little drunk, so <laughs> so give me a second. No, this is fine. Yeah, and then on the right is the VPVR, which is just volume by a, which is just volume by price rather than volume by time, which is kind of important to see where people's entries and exits are, and it's just something that I've always had on my charts for for kind of years now. I, rather than you know, I don't have any volume by time, um, but yeah, no, I mean this this trading suite, I, I think people look at indicators and you know they're very secretive about what they use. Um, but a lot of what they use is is just public stuff on TradingView or something that they've developed proprietarily. And in that case, I can totally understand the the, the secretive nature of of why their trading strategy works. But all that trading, you know, and indicators are all that all that indicators really are are like hunting dogs. I mean, when you're when you're going hunting, your hunting dog is the one you know sniffing out and pointing you in the direction of the of the prey, right? Of what you're what you're going to shoot, but you don't give the dog the gun. You don't let your indicators Bro, dictate your that, trade. No, no, you don't. Oh, I'm following this perfectly. Yeah, you don't, you don't. You, yeah, yeah. Sorry about the, uh, about the clicks. And no, stuff, don't but, worry about it. But yeah, no. So, um, sorry, give me one second. But yeah, no, I mean, essentially what I'm talking about is these are just ways that you formulate your idea, the reasons why you're taking this trade. You say, oh, an indicator that I found you know, that to be very reliable during these periods of volatility on this time frame, and it has an insanely high strike rate. And then that can dictate, you know, the size of the position you take, or the stop that you're willing to take, because you have you you don't want to get whipped out or something, right. So trading indicators are just ways to formulate what your view of the market is, and the reason behind taking a trade, but they're not the end all be all, they're not going to make you millions of dollars. But they will give you a you know market picture and per potentially a more concise view of the market, and that's exactly what I look for in anything that I w would ever put on my chart. So um, yeah, I mean you know I, I'm I was feeling especially generous uh, a couple weeks ago, and I said that I'd put out a video of you know kind of the indicators I use in my trading suite, and I'd make it available for people and stuff. So um, there'll probably be a website coming soon in the, in the next couple weeks or so. Okay. With what I use, and and if you you know if you want to use it, if I mean these people have, I, it took me forever to convince them to open it up to you know everyone else. But um, as as you know, it, it's just it's a provable, it's a provably profitable trading system, and um, you know it, it's it's something that I've used for a while, and it's something like I see my, I'm a little tired, dude. I'm a little drunk, man. But um. But yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot, it's very technical and they would do a much better job of explaining it to me and the source code and the methodology behind it. But yeah, I mean, I'll be giving, you know, a breakdown on how I trade, why I trade and kind of what I use in the future. You're a man of the people. Uh, I, you're probably getting a little bit drunk so we can try to wrap this up. Uh, it kind of you, what you just said kind of leads into my next question. It's something I like to ask all of my guests. 
because uh, a lot of you guys are doing big, big things, super cool shit. And so I normally like to ask, you know, what are you most excited for in the coming 12 months? I'm assuming that this has something to do with kind of what you're doing uh, in the next three weeks and then in the following year or so. So can we get into that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not really on, you know, development side for any um, exchanges. I don't really have any affiliations. I mean, even though I, I rep BitMax super hard, I've never been an employee there. It's a purely, you know, personal relationship with the people who work there. In terms of what I'm most excited for is, is probably, hopefully for life to return to normal a bit. I mean, COVID and, and everything surrounding that and how it's really changed, you know, a lot of relationships and just the ability to do things that we kind of took for granted. That's what I'm most excited for, hopefully over the next 12 months. And then I have a couple other pipeline, but crypto related, definitely just any exchange that is going to put out really, really kick-ass volatility products and any other liquid option markets. For the, I mean, right now, but any anyone else who wants to put really cool, innovative products is what I'm most excited for in the next 12 months. And just to see how everything changes. Love it. And then depression, haven't heard much from you. Anything that you got in your pipeline? Yeah. So uh, I finished university a while ago and I've kind of been in between jobs and with the whole COVID stuff, I haven't really, really been able to go into the office. So I've sort of been taking this time to kind of do some of my own stuff and sort of figure out how I can kind of make income on my own without having to actually work from someone. And I think the COVID thing has been a really huge opportunity for a lot of people to sort of step back and figure out how you can make the best of kind of a shitty situation. Mm. So I'm kind of excited just to see how I can kind of figure it out. And I'm still working on some some different types of things. But yeah, I, I'm excited for the next couple of months. I think, I think it'll be good. And I think we're all looking forward to stuff to start normalizing and being able to go out and see people because I think it kind of drives you a little crazy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we haven't let us slow it down at all here. I mean, we're, we're big on camping, so we'll just take off. We've said fuck everyone who says you need a mask fuck the whole covid scene we've been surfing we've been camping uh but i am looking forward to being able to grab a beer with some friends uh yeah. as soon as yeah. this is all yeah over. i was actually just walking down the street the other day and i didn't have a mask on and some guy like yells at me like fuck the him virus is airborne and i was like you know like you should just stay home probably right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's it's fucking ridiculous. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole and get into the whole COVID nonsense conspiracies that everyone's been throwing around. Uh, we can drop it at you know. I'm excited for things to get back to normal. I think everybody is. Uh, it's been a little weird though because a lot of the people in the crypto industry, it's all been work from home, trade from home, so they haven't seen as big of an effect as I'd say the wider audience or the general population. So I think we've been a little bit fortunate there. We've kind of been training for this for years now, uh, sitting in our rooms, just trading and talking about cryptocurrencies. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Flood, this kind of sucks. And he's like, oh, dude, I do this literally. This is every my life. Day. <laughs> <laughs> my life hasn't really changed much. I work I work remote for my fund. Um, so that's uh, that, that really hasn't changed my life at all. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely am very cognizant of, you know, everyone else who's going through a, a tough time uh, during this, you know, really unfortunate just circumstances. Yeah, it doesn't really matter what country you're in. Uh, most 
most places have really felt the effects of the virus. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I think we are slowly starting to get back to normal. So still for agree. that. Um, so, okay, that's kind of your next year in review. Uh, we've talked about your trading strategies. We've talked about how you've kind of developed them over the years, what you've kind of learned along the way. Uh, you gave us some insight into kind of what you're looking at when you sit down to trade. I generally like to end with a biggest tip. We kind of already talked about some of them, like taking it to the next level. Uh, for the guys, because a lot of people who listen to this show, they're very basic intro, brand new to this kind of stuff. Uh, if you're just getting into the crypto market, what's your biggest tip for those guys? I would say setting up a BitMEX account and... Fuck getting- off. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, are you are you drinking with us? Yes, I am, and fuck you, off with this bullshit. Okay, we're 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 gonna put floods, and I'm doing air quotes right now. Floods referral link in the description, and it's gonna be mine, and you guys should all go use it. <laughs> this guy has enough money. No, it's mine. I'm gonna put mine in there. We're gonna tell everybody it's floods because I need money. <laughs> I just paid you for your Amazon, and I. <laughs> And I haven't even used. <laughs> Are you in there? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually was. I had a friend that was interested in it, and he, I sort of t- was telling him about it. So he was just using my Discord to look at it. Um, but I, I looked a couple times. And it looks awesome. It's. I think I got, I got auto charged for one more month. But uh, uh, you, you got to cancel that. We can get you a refund on that because we're, <laughs> no, cause we're great guys. Really I was gonna say this is kind of for like the the smaller guys. It sounds like you've got too much money to be focusing on retail arbitrage oh yeah no, yeah no i mean for i you know for him I, I think it's more of a just opportunity you know trying to trying to look for different ways to make money and different ways to kind of no, well for that stuff. yeah no i yeah. had a, i had a, i had a couple of friends that were interested in it, so I, I, they were on my discord looking at your chat there so I, I just signed up with my thing there we go Hopefully they found some value. If not, like I said, we can get you a refund. We'll, we'll edit that part out. All right, you want to hear my biggest tip? Yes, Charles? please, please. Like a hundred k is enough. Don't feel like a million is enough. <laughs> you have to keep grinding. You have to keep going. If you find something that works, just abuse the absolute shit out of it and make as much money as you can because that opportunity may not be there in the following months or years or even days. When you find an opportunity, you can't be scared. You have to take a risk and don't ever get complacent. That's all I can say. Dude, I love it because I know so many people whose end goal is make a million dollars, sell all their crypto and be done with it for good. And if I think you, that's a loser's mentality. After a million, you're just a gigantic fucking pussy. What the <laughs> a million dollars. You can, maybe you can buy a house like the Midwest. Yeah. Okay, you, you guys fail to understand that half the people on crypto Twitter live in bumfuck nowhere, uh, like the Midwest. And a million dollars is like retirement forever for them. So, But still, don't stop at that. I, I really, no. you hit it right on the head there. Uh, yeah. One last thing I did want to ask is, how do you just not fucking puke every single time you're looking at your PL and you're losing or gaining hundreds of thousands of dollars? Thrown up. You've definitely, yeah, thrown, you've definitely I, lost enough that you've thrown up. Yeah, before. I've thrown up. I've thrown up before. I was feeling really sick. I mean, I shorted, uh, I think, eight, you nine or the, something. That, the one story? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a story with your stop loss not going through. Yeah, so um, on 4th of July, I was actually hanging out with depression and – Wait, of this, course, this, we're, this you know, we were July, having like, a good time. We were, were you talking about four days yeah. ago? 
No, no, no. no, no. no. In 2019. Yeah, 2019. Okay. I think so Bitcoin year, was, yeah. I think, it was the first. Remember last last summer we hit like, it was like 12,000, yeah. 12,500. I think we went all the way up to 14K. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Exactly. But the 4th of July, yeah, okay, yeah. go ahead. Tell the yeah, story. so 4th of July, I was hanging out with depression. I mean, it was around the time of my birthday and everything. So I was with my close friends and we were having a good time. And I open up BitMEX to just amend an order. I think I maybe like added a little bit to my position um, because I thought that, you know, it was pretty bullish. It was a long surprise, surprise. And uh, I had hit cancel all orders on BitMEX, which canceled my stop loss. And I was just so sauced that I had no idea that I had done that. And I wake up the next day, you know, my, the first thing I do after, you know, 10 minutes of making coffee and drinking water, showering or whatever is checking my BitMEX accounts. And I see this quarter million dollar unrealized loss. And I was like, Oh my fucking God. Fuck. This, he, he should have been stopped out. Yeah, maybe I, yeah. minus 50K, yeah. But the stop loss had basically, he thought it was still there, but it hadn't gone you through. You canceled it. Stuff. Jesus. Yeah. And he's down Christ. maybe a quarter million. Yeah. And then, you know, I just looked at the chart objectively. I took a deep breath. I, I kind of like, calm myself figured out the situation and i said okay would i long here if so where would i put my stop loss at i treated it as a new trade and it rallied i think back within one percent of my entry or 0.6 percent of my entry so i got out relatively break even what i would consider you know would be i don't care who you are right i mean a, a loss of, of a six-figure loss is is pretty substantial especially when it felt and was supposed to be a lot smaller had you been under the right uh the right intoxication level, let's say. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's that's just one of those crazy stories in crypto where thankfully, you know, it didn't continue dumping. I think we bottomed at, at like 9.6 or 9.5. Yeah, I but I remember, yeah. I remember we were just at a little get together. I remember him coming out to me and it's like, damn, dude, I just got stopped out for like 40K. When in reality, the stop never hit. Yeah. And, and he was down close to a quarter mil Jesus <laughs> Christ, and then the next day just let it lets it ride and basically gets out of free yeah i was gonna say you kept your cool you reevaluated the chart you said all right what i long here yes okay went back up you lost one percent I, I don't think many people would be able to do that i think they would look at it they'd say fuck this i'm closing it they'd freak out sounds like you kept your head about you uh depression you got any stories like that before we go just of massive uh, fuck-ups or massive wins can you think of any uh, massive fuck-ups maybe um i don't know probably just probably telling me that you're like trying to long the ethereum dip from 600 down to like <laughs> yeah i mean i, I <laughs> when i was really young and just trying to try i had like a, i had like my obviously my ETH cold storage but i was trying to like mess on some high leverage stuff and and i was just longing all the way i, I got so much fomo from missing that ride up to 1200 i thought when it could you're, dip no, back no down and i would long it remember your spy puts he loaded up at spy puts at the exact top and then you know he comes out in the morning and he's like yo we're we're going we went on a little road trip with some friends and uh and he comes out in the morning he's like man i have so many spy puts and the market is basically like limit down futures overnight and we're he down wakes, to 3%. Yeah, yeah. And he wakes up, or not, oh yeah, not limit down, but down 3%. And he wakes up and he sells his puts, and then the market continues to dump another like 2.5. So he, he, I feel like that's almost, yeah. I feel like it's almost a worse feeling closing a trade too early than like actually losing money on a trade. Like, like imagine like longing something and just closing like, yeah. 
percent too early. It just is the worst feeling. I but. mean, I think everyone did that in 2017, when, or tw- I guess early 2018, when alts were going, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100, 1,000 X, and people were thinking, oh, I'm a genius for selling for a 2X. Uh, and I think everyone knows that feeling of just selling way too early, and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Don't sell Doge until $1. Oh, my. <laughs> Love all of this bad financial advice. We're going to have, quote, unquote, floods ref link. You guys should all sign up for that. Or we'll have depressions ref link, quote unquote. Um, so go trade. Yeah, I, you know, I'm getting liquidated on my BitMEX position right now. You deserve this for giving this terrible advice. So, okay, guys, I really appreciate it. It's been one of the most laid back, most fun episodes I've done. Is there anything else that you want the audience to know before we go? I think, I think we covered a lot of good bases. Yeah, yeah I, I'd be down to talk another time whenever. Let me know. Please, yeah, you yeah, guys are no, always welcome to come back on. All I want to say is thank you so much for having us. I mean, I always try and support, you know, people who are trying to do the right thing, trying to, you know, put themselves out there, promote good content, do things crypto related. I always love that because I was definitely in that position, you know, a couple of years ago where, you know, and, and certain people took chances on me, certain people gave me opportunities and that's that's exactly what I you know, what I want to do for everyone else in the crypto sphere who's just grinding, man. Appreciate it so much, guys. Again, it was a blast. Thank you so much for coming on. If you ever want to come on for a return episode, you are more than welcome to. Uh, I can cancel other people's because this was, again, a fucking blast. So thank you so much.